0: I think with any disruption, it doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. What you seek is seeking you.
1: This is the strategy inside everything. I'm Adam Pierno. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Strategy Inside Everything. Uh, this is going to be a good one. We're going to have a very organic talk. And ironically, I think that's the topic that we're going to be discussing as well. Um, today's guest is the co-founder and managing partner at the Blake Project. Uh, really, really doing some impressive work on branding for a very long time, Mr. David hey, Day. Hey, you, Adam.
0: Thanks for having me on the show and I appreciate everyone tuning in. I,
1: I appreciate you making time. We have been uh, trading emails back and forth for a while on a, on a couple of different topics. You were kind enough to uh, publish some writing on uh, your site, Branding Strategy Insider, and I, I was very grateful that you did that. <sighs> yeah,
0: great, you. Adam. You've really brought a lot of value to the agency world and. Um, so it was very clear that, uh, we needed to add some of your thought pieces, um, uh, to Branding Strategy Insider, um, a, a collection of thought pieces that, that we've been sharing, um, from a lot of different marketers since 2006. Um, so.
1: Yeah, we, I will definitely link to that in the, uh, in the show notes and elsewhere because it's, it's a resource I use a lot. Uh, it's in my RSS and I, I read the articles as they come, but, um. If, you, if you're in this industry and you haven't read it, you're, you're missing a, a good opportunity to learn two or three times a week.
0: Great. Thanks, Adam.
1: Hey, Derek, would you do me a favor before we get uh, up and running on our topic? Would you give people a little bit of your background and tell them who you are and what <laughs> yes, you've done? Yes,
0: happy to. So uh, my name's Derek Day, uh, as Adam uh, introduced me. I'm the managing partner of the Blake Project which is a strategic brand consultancy. And uh, just a little bit about the business, and then I'll, I'll talk a little bit about me. Um, so the 4 key areas of our expertise are brand research, uh, brand strategy, uh, which includes uh, some of the usual suspects like um, positioning, architecture. Um, we even get into a strategic side of story. Um, and then also help folks think through complex marketing challenges. And then the other 2 pillars of our business are uh, centered around brand growth and brand education, um, and I, I just wanted to share this this point of difference in in our business as a consultancy. It's it's actually in uh, the education component. Um, we really believe in preparing our clients for the journey ahead, uh, and so we infuse this brand education in everything we do, which uh, actually is very unconsultant like, uh, because consulting. Consultancies, <laughs> as you know, they're they're often preparing their clients for dependency, and we've gone the other way and said, "How can you know? Uh, or maybe if we make folks folks better stewards of their brands, uh, they'll get better results, and we'll go on to have longer, more productive relationships." And that's exactly what's happened. Um, so, me myself, uh, my my background, I was a broadcast journalist uh, for several years, and. Um, covering uh, stories around the world and and, uh, on radio and then television. And then um, I made my way to the ad agency world where I worked at a few different respected ad agencies, um, including Saatchi and Saatchi, uh, where I worked in strategy until um, uh, I founded this company in 2003. It has been rewarding, challenging, and I've been really fortunate um, to work with many of the world's leading brands, uh, but also with many of the world's uh, leading thought leaders. And uh, uh, an early mentor of mine is someone that I that I hope a lot of people know, and that's Jack Trout. Um, you know, he coined mm. the. The, the term I know you you know this. Adamy corn e. the term um, positioning back in 1969. Him and his uh, partner Al Rees uh, they went on to really champion this concept of brand positioning and owning this unique value in someone's mind uh, uh, throughout the 70s and and well beyond. And uh, when I started this company back in 2003, I met um, Jack Trout and um, uh, and he contributed. 109 thought pieces to branding strategy insider um, over our time together. Uh, um, obviously, one of the legends in in building brands, and uh, you know, so really cool. yeah, he he had a big influence uh, on my career. <laughs>
1: it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, it, the the idea of being a lifelong yeah. learner is getting better at everything you're doing, and and understanding it more deeply, and growing your brain at all times. Valuable
0: yeah i uh i really and uh, to, to this day is is also you've got to be really careful that even if even as you get um you know further on in your career you've got to stay humble there are always new things to learn and these ideas uh are often even coming from uh folks much younger than you that are you know you know so you shouldn't be discounting anybody based on their age um
1: No, or any any other (laughs) Exactly,
0: exactly. Um, I think part of being a great marketer is being a great listener.
1: In the context of our our topic today, which is really about flexibility of brands, uh, just before we started rolling, you said, you know, brands aren't finished, uh, which really I circled. I (laughs) I wrote a note and I circled it and I put an asterisk next to it. How do you, well, let's, let's start at the, at the beginning, you know, you, um, do a lot of work with, uh, really deep brand measurement. What I'd like to know is take me through the foundational measurements that you, uh, you know, will typically recommend. And then I want to discuss how are you setting those things up to measure growth and change over time? you know, and watch the thing fly and be free out in the world.
0: Mm. Yeah. So lots to unpack there, Adam. I I, I want to um, answer that with this caveat that I'm not a researcher. So, um, um, but uh, I'll bring you closer to one of the things that we do spend a lot of time with, uh, and that's brand equity measurement, um, where some of my partners specialize this in and uh, can go much deeper on it um but, but brand equity measurement um uh, essentially is is getting at uh that private voice the private voice of your customer and really understanding um what it is they value about you um versus your competition um and brand equity measurement uh there there's uh, a few different components uh that That uh, is included in brand equity measurement from uh, measuring the brand's health and vitality, uh, understanding how well the brand is positioned against its competitors, um, uncovering any underlying weaknesses that require intervention. Uh, Brand equity measurement is also good at identifying opportunities to further strengthen the brand. And uh, providing information uh, from which a brand uh, scorecard can be built. So,
1: that that bit about the competitors is very highly overlooked. I mean, if you're not creating that context over time, over years, I would imagine you're the the competitors coming in and going out are telling a story just by who the competitors are directly and indirectly, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, we have to understand what's going on in our marketplace and certainly. Our competition is uh, is very important uh, in that understanding. Um, there is uh, an overarching thought, though, on that note that um, uh, that actually we're, we need to focus on our customer, not the competition. Um, but the competition is an important part uh, of this insight um, and what the competition is doing for us and what the competition is doing against us. And, you know, what it's doing for us, it's helping shape what the value is in the category, you know, points of parity, uh, um, help, help folks make choices, you know, okay. If this looks like a bank, maybe it will be a bank. So, um, there needs to be some points of parity, um, but points of difference, um, we can also, by understanding our competition, under, understand um, what our customers value and uh, what um, is attracting them to our competitors. So there's a lot to be learned from the competition as well. Um, so in some ways, uh, our competition could be seen as uh, a friend as they help us uh, shape this, uh, this value in, in a customer's mind. But brand equity measurement... Um, it is um, not surface work. It's it's not asking a few questions. It's going very very deep um, and getting um, uh, to that place where you can be in possession of the truth, which is what every every researcher wants. They want to be in possession of the truth. What's what's really going on in the minds of uh, my target customer? Uh, and as is,
1: is part of that triangulating against? you know, the brand, the customer, and competitor or or the category?
0: Yeah. So um, what what you want is uh, insight into the category for sure. Uh, Insight into um, uh, the value that you're creating um, for the customer, whether that's a product um, uh, or a service. Um, And then uh, ideally, you also have insight um, that's uh, within the organization, you know, something that they know within the organization. So you you try to get those all at the table um when you're doing brand positioning work. Um so um ideally and in, in a maybe a, a clearer way to say this is you have the voice of the customer, you have uh the voice of the clients and, and the expertise that comes with that and then the voice of the consultant or agency partner um uh, that's in the process as well.
1: And are you typically working with an agency? You know, uh, an agency partner, via outside of the Blake project, or are there usually multiple agencies
0: involved? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because um, as brand consultants, we're often working with clients that already have agencies of record, and uh, so we we have a process um, where we invite the agencies into our process. We're all trying to reach the same goals um that our client has and um uh and so we we welcome the agencies in now ultimately uh the client decides um whether they want the agency uh in the yeah in the strategic work that we do um but uh 9 times out of 10 we recommend that they're they're in the room with us. Uh,
1: how can they do their job if they're not in the room? I mean, when they get assigned to do something and activate on this brand or use this, uh, use the brand equity measurement and, and figure out where to go, how can they do that if they're not participating? That blows my mind.
0: Yeah, Adam, uh, uh, they really can't, but there's this um, X factor in the work that we do and the work that you do. And, and that's the, you know the human factor, and and uh, there's some of it in every project you'll ever work on, and and that's oh, yeah, a,
1: people ruin uh, everything, right? Yeah,
0: and there's there's politics. <laughs> there's, there's politics. I've actually worked with a global brand where, um, you know, just to tell a little bit of a war story, where uh, for some reason at this brand, the HR person held way more power than anyone else outside of the CEO. And, um, in our branding initiative, the HR person was trying to cut out the CMO. Now, if you oh, can imagine why, how, or why a CMO wouldn't be involved in their own, um, <laughs> brand strategy work, it's quite, quite mind boggling. But that yikes. was the nature, the culture, uh, there. And, um, um, we were able to, um, you know, uh, help the HR person understand that, that, that the CMO's presence was essential. But really, I
1: think uh, you should put uh, the word "culture" in quotes in that case.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, um, uh, so this this work uh, it, it used to be in the domain of. of Consultants, it used to be in the domain of agencies, but really, it's in the, in the domain of the entire senior leadership team now, and uh, including HR, because uh, of course, um, you know, brands need to be built from the inside out. So it's not just an external exercise. Uh, so everyone needs to be aligned, and certainly, agency partners. I, um, as I as I said, um, ultimately ultimately the client decides. Um, Uh, and, uh, there are times when they think that, um, uh, their agency partner is, um, you know, should not be in the room. I, uh, you know, we can make, uh, just like any practitioner, you know, you can make, um, uh, recommendations, but that's as far as you can go with a a client. It's ultimately, it will be up to them if they take the recommendations.
1: So let's, let's, let's go back. So let's say where we set up the, the scorecard, you know, let's go, let's say we did it in 2017. What are you looking at going forward? Like, I think we all agree brands are based on, there's so many factors internal and external. And one of them is people uh, making decisions about, direction making directions making decisions about product service uh, advertising packaging that the the brand is changing in real time how are you measuring that and have you found any shortcuts or or not shortcuts but any any kind of bookmarks that you have on this is a real critical metric mm-hmm.
0: well uh As I mentioned, this is a real robust study, and it's typically repeated um, nine to twelve months later. So you you have time. It's usually done before any um, even big campaigns are about to to take place. Um, New behaviors are about to um, uh, get in gear. So you can actually, uh, in the second time it's done, you you can see if you've indeed uh, moved the needle. The the measures that that we think are important are unaided brand awareness, including first uh, recall. Um, uh, Also, uh, brand relevance, top of mind brand associations, um, uh, top of mind points of difference, uh, personality attributes, uh, brand value, brand accessibility, uh, uh, another really important one, emotional connection to the brand, uh, Mm -hmm. brand vitality. I liken this to a full medical workup, just as if you were going to get a physical um, at the doctor's office. Um, you really have to take, uh, you've got to walk around the brand and get a full understanding of what's happening there. Um, and it, it also needs to, um, it needs to be uh, part of uh, what I'd like to see as an, uh, an honest uh, assessment of what's going on so there are no um and when you get out and talk to your customer you're you're able to capture that uh, mm-hmm. you're not uh, there's no one standing in your way internally that is trying to shape um something that is 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 uh is false cuz and I'll emphasize this uh, to, to really get to the outcomes we all want we need to be in possession of the truth yeah, yeah. how do, how
1: do you how do you define brand
0: well, as we all know, there's many accepted definitions of a brand. I think I've counted up to 15 and, and probably one of the most um, popular ones is that a brand is a promise. Um, my uh, favorite definition is a brand is the sum of all experiences a customer has with you. Um, so it's a totality of everything coming together. Um, you know, and... And, and looking at it through that lens i think you understand um, the importance of having everyone involved in all of these all of these pieces coming together and moving in the same direction
1: well yeah because by that definition it can never be finished if if we're doing our job and continuing to engage with our customer they'll have more experiences they'll they'll come at it from different ways they'll they'll learn more they'll See another competitor, so it's always going to be changing.
0: It's always going to be changing, and and uh, and, and brands are always fluid. You know, they they have to be, and I think that's um, um, one of the things that's harder for some organizations versus others. You've got to have a culture that's um, that's that sees it that way, and that's moving. Um, uh, nothing is staying the same, um, and that's. Um, kind of the paradox of, 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 branding is, is you have to change to stay consistent.
1: I love it. When, yeah. when you measure, you said, uh, the emotional connection of customers to the brand, how are you measuring that? Or, or how do you think about that? Even if it's not specific to measurement?
0: Yeah. So, you know, that's, I think one of the most important things uh, important opportunities, uh, for brands today is to really get an understanding of what that emotional, um, connection is. And there is, um, an exercise that, uh, we'll do in some of our, um, more sophisticated, um, approaches to this. Um, th- this is a- a- actually a study that, um, uh, takes us outside of, uh, brand equity measurement itself. And, uh, that, that's where we, we work with the senior leadership team and we have, um, uh, there are over 300 recorded emotions that one could have. And we put these, um, uh, on, uh, cards, three by five cards, um, all, all of these emotions, and we put them on a table inside the, um, uh, the workshop room and we ask senior, we ask senior leadership, uh, questions around what they want their customers to feel about certain things. Uh, and then we go a- and ask them, uh, to pick certain cards that describe the emotions they want people to feel is what we're trying to get people to, um, in that work is if you could make your customer feel one thing about you, what would it be? or one thing about the certain things that we're talking about. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting that we're in a business um, where uh, the leading brands have the strongest emotional connections and we know that 100% of all purchase decisions are driven by emotion. Um, it's, it's interesting to me that there is not more focus on what do we want other our customers to feel
1: totally you know
0: that that seems to be a real missing thing there's a a missing piece and i don't i don't want to get off uh, track but here here's here's another oh let's let's Uh, (laughs) track. (laughs) (laughs) there's another missing uh missing piece out there uh and that is around memory what do we want our customers to remember about us um. Let's,
1: let's <laughs> dig into this. Yeah. Because this is something I, I don't, I'm so skeptical of brand emotion and brand you know memory structures, but what do, how do you guide clients to think about that? About what do we want? What do we want a customer or a prospect to remember about the brand?
0: Well, um, this gets into, um, the work of, um, uh, behavioral scientists where, where they're looking at things, um, uh, I think from, a, a, a little bit, uh, different, um, uh, aspect than marketers, but, but it's, uh, it's certainly, it's certainly getting into our domain now, um, uh, one example here is, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the peak end rule. Um, I'm not. Um, well, the, the peak end rule is essentially, um, it's been proven by psychologists that people remember the end of an event more than they will any other part of the event. So- Oh yes, you know, okay, so, I didn't
1: know the name of it, but I have heard that theory. Yeah,
0: so the idea there is, especially when we think about customer experience or even brand messaging, um, that whatever it is, uh, that we want our customers to remember, we want to emphasize, um, at the end that we want to have our big punch at the end. Um, and, uh, it, it, it surprises me that, um, we don't think about how we want people to remember us more, um, uh, more in the work that we do, even if uh, statistically, and and uh, just just I'll use a presentation as an example. Statistically, ninety percent of all presentations are going to be forgotten. This includes even the uh, workshop setups that we do, where there's educational components in the workshop. So, knowing that ninety percent of the information will be forgotten, what we do is we identify the most important 10% and then we reinforce that through the presentation mm-hmm. um that's that's what we should all be thinking about what's the most important 10% of what we're communicating that's what we need to reinforce um and of course to do that you've got to really drill down and and uh, and understand um you know what your customers looking for what's what's most important to them Um, uh, and then decide on what is the most important message um, that needs to be communicated to them. Uh, And then stay committed to that message. Um, An obvious example would probably be Nike's Just Do It. So uh, that campaign is over 30 years old now. Uh, One of my partners was one of three people at the center of that campaign, Um, uh, the top researcher uh, Jerome mm. Conlon. Um, so the idea there is, uh, and, 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 uh, it's not just about Nike having a big idea, but it's having the commitment, um, to stay with that big idea too many times, especially at larger organizations, new marketers come in, new leadership come in comes in right. and they have this, um, they have this thing in them that says I have to change something here to prove my value. And, um, and you'll see mistakes happen. So, um, not too long ago, um, uh, state farm changed a 40 year old, um, tagline, like a good, good neighbor state farm is there, um, into something that just didn't resonate with anyone, get to a better state. Right. Um, so, uh, it, it's, um, uh, you know, these are the signs of, of, of um, uh, in, in some cases, where the marketer becomes a threat to the brand.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, that tagline for State Farm probably has more equity than some of their competitors on a brand level.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it has this emotional appeal, um, which um, there there's a camp out there that, that will say um, uh, longer taglines are more emotionally appealing. Now that of course is in contrast to what we just talked about. Nike's just do it. Um, but, um, in the insurance category, I mean, I, I have to agree.
1: Um, I mean, just do it is, it, is the rare exception because it has been able to have 30 years of context around it. So no matter if you're in your forties, like I am, or if you are, you know, 16 and a sneakerhead you are getting your own context for what just do it means based on the communication that you see around that brand. And so it, it breaks the, it breaks the rule by virtue of breaking the rule.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and, uh, we know that, uh, um, we're, we're in an age of rule breaking, so, yeah, you know, you have to be right. yeah, yeah. I mean, actually the idea that, that I try to stay with is if it's not broke, break it. Um, it's, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's better that you, the brand owner breaks, breaks it than your competitor breaks it. Um, I love that. so even if, um, uh, something's working for us, um, we should be, uh, uh evaluating it.
1: Um. well I have a question to that end so let's say you you are working with a brand and the brand has been out there you know you've you've set up a benchmark and you're seeing that it's stagnant um what how do you diagnose that problem how do you diagnose stagnation of your of vitality or the emotional connection I mean unaided awareness is a is there's that's probably simpler, but the emotional things, the things that really relate to customers having experiences with the brand. What's your, what's your process there?
0: Yeah. So, um, uh, just taking the situation that you've given it, uh, which is it's, it's been determined that it's, it's fading or stagnant or not moving. Um, you know, we know that, uh, um, we're either growing or dying. So, um, the stagnation is, is a threat. It's, it's, it's not a good place. Um, So I I think that things that are, uh, uh, that come out in brand equity measurement or some of the other emotional uh, connection measurement that we do um, are, or brands have, have drifted away from what they were once known for, uh, which I, I think this is a real common um, probably one of the more common problems, uh, they've decided to try to extend the brand uh, into places that don't resonate with their target customers, um, which, which is also, um, also going to have an impact on emotional connection. Uh, people aren't just going are to be emotionally connected to things that are, have morphed into something that um, is not what they expected uh this is uh touches on a little bit of what we talked about with uh the state farm example and changing their tagline um, and one of the power uh, one of the powerful things about brands is is that consistency and and uh, brands can be counted on uh to uh, behave a certain way or or um be a certain way uh and we when we see that um there is a, a weakened uh, response uh, from consumers on these emotional uh, measurements. Um, we know that uh, something has. Uh, there's. There's. You, we know the change is constant, but what's? Where is the change coming from? Is it been um, based on uh, changes that have been made in, internally, or or is the consumer uh, changing? Because um, we 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 know that uh, even. You know, brands, their promises can change over time because the needs of the customer change over time. Um, but, but oftentimes, and now we're seeing this more more, uh, than ever. Um, we can map these things back, um, to internal problems. Where the senior leadership team is off track, and uh, they're or they're out of touch with what is really going on uh, in the marketplace, and they and
1: is that is that usually more of a disconnection with the customer, or is it a disconnection with the the category, or is just overall lack of focus?
0: Mm, I think it's a combination. There, Um, I, I, I think the the lack of focus is is for the. For all that has been said about the importance of focus in business and uh, all that has been written, um, it's still alive and well as a problem uh, within organizations. Um, and, and this is a breakdown of senior leadership teams not talking to each other, not working together as closely, um, making decisions in bubbles. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things, and it it ties back; uh, it all ties back to the decisions that are making uh, made in uh, in the organization. Interesting, uh, Adam. Just a point here because I know there's a lot of your listeners that are agency folks. Um, okay. uh, I, I spent, as I mentioned, I spent time uh, with. I worked for four agencies. Sachi and Sachi being the last uh, agency I worked for uh, before getting into brand consulting, and. Um, you know the focus of brand consulting work is is really about the inside and a lot of my time in the agency world it was about what's going on in the outside um, so it, it was a new you know there was a lot of kind of a new new perspective my perspective was shaped in 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 this work uh, and what I've found is that a lot of those those things that just aren't going right for a brand um, they the external forces aren't as um, they're there, but um, we're seeing, I've seen so many times when it was the leadership that was taking the business in the wrong direction where they weren't reading um, the signs uh, or the, or the people factor was, was getting in the way where um, decisions were ego driven rather than research driven, right. Or insight driven. Um, and it, it all comes back to the people. The caliber of the people that are working for us and with us um, are so critical um, to the ultimate um, judgments that are made and the decisions um, that result. Uh, uh, maybe you, maybe some of you guys already know this, but uh, this this is going to speak to the employees more. But Starbucks spends more money on healthcare than they do coffee beans. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, that's because they want to attract high caliber people. So to do that, you have to really take care of people um, to get them to get to attract them. Right. So um, it all goes back to the people.
1: And just making sure that the people in the organization are taken care of so that they can be thinking about doing the right thing by the brand and not just doing the clock watching thing.
0: That's right. And, and, you know, of course I would say in the last, um, uh, 20 years where, um, HR has been invited to the conversation about building brands, um, or even maybe 25 years. Um, and also the, um, uh, emerging of companies like Google and, and, and Facebook. And and then the uh, emphasis on creating working environments that are, um, uh, you know, that account for a lot of shiny objects in the world of employee benefits. Um, that's all about getting the best people to work for them within the organization to the, to a point where, um, when you talk to folks that are, um, freshly minted, um, MBAs or freshly minted graduates. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's harder and harder for companies like GE to get them to, to, to recruit those people. Cause they're, they're all thinking, I want to go to Apple or Google. Um, I want to, um, I'm drawn to these customer benefits. So, um, I know this is a little off track than what we started talking about, but, um, no, it uh, yeah, isn't, yeah. though,
1: because it, it ties into the emotion around the brand. It's just a different constituent you're looking at.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well said, Adam. I mean, uh, these emotional connections are, are um, uh, you know, inside and out.
1: Yeah. But when I, hear, when I hear, for example, Starbucks gives part-time employees health benefits and um, access to education through their, their SCAP program, I think differently about the brand as a consumer you know i'm not I'm not going to work, but I would tell you my daughter said the other day she can't wait till she's old enough to get a job at Starbucks because they're gonna help her get her education. she's eleven
0: wow well you know wow yeah there's uh i mean look it's it it is it is a new age and it's a better age for employees. Um, that's the way we're, we're moving. You know, that you reminded me of, uh, of an, ex- of an example of a, a brand. We, you and I have that Rochester, New York connection. Yes, uh, and, uh, and, um, we talked about a little bit before the interview, but yeah, I lived there for seven years and you, you were working for an agency there. Um, and Wegmans. Oh, God, what a great brand. Yeah, Wegmans. And for those who do not know, Wegmans is a privately held um, uh, grocery chain. Um, And I think they're in six or seven states now. Um, And their whole idea... Well, first, I should say, they're routinely the number one company to work for on Forbes. It makes
1: makes Whole Foods look like a flea market. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. People love... If you live in a Wegmans trade area, you are smiling right now. People love
0: Wegmans. Yeah, they're benchmarked by many different companies way outside of their category. Um, And it it goes back to this one idea where the customer is not number one, the employee is is number one. And the idea there is, if we make our employees feel like they're number one, they'll transfer that feeling to the customer and, and right. it it works, and um
1: what is it trickle down brand pride yeah
0: exactly <laughs> and that and this is that's the one trickle down that works uh, <laughs> so I think, I think that might be right. you know so it's it's uh it's great to see um that um that example alive and well uh,
1: well especially because that brand because groceries have such razor thin margins you know, they make sense essentially on each SKU they scan so that they, that they were wise enough when they did to invest in the power of brand and the experience that you get at the grocery store. And they've stayed consistent with that, uh, is, is a testament to whoever's running that place.
0: Yeah. It's a family owned. And you know, another testament is they've had several opportunities to, um, sell that company. Uh, uh, and they, they're committed to keeping it a family business and, um, they didn't want to lose control of quality. That's why they've been slow to expand to other States. So if they, uh, don't think that they can, um, keep that promise, uh, they won't just grow f- for growth sake. Um, it's, it's very, it's a careful managed growth, uh, but the demand is there. Once you've, once you've had a taste of Wegmans, you desperately want that in your community.
1: Well, it spoils you for other, yeah. you know, just go to your regular grocery store after you've been to Wegmans and it's, you're like, what, what is going on? It's all of a sudden a grocery store feels like a bodega.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, it, it, it reminds me of another, um, Example from a long, long time ago, and forgive me, I do not remember the name of this grocery store chain, but I think it's worth mentioning here. There was uh, uh, a grocery store chain only, and I say chain, I use that loosely. I think they only had two or three stores, but they decided to do zero advertising, zero advertising, and they used 100% of that budget to instead reward their customers in the customer experience. So huh. so the word of mouth was where the power was. And this was before social media. So where this would manifest is on on uh Thanksgiving, they would give out turkeys to their customers. Um, things like that. That they they uh they really became um uh something by doing the opposite of their competitors, uh and and really understanding that we're going to be We're gonna create something special for a small group of people that really understand what we're all about and really appreciate that and share uh, values with us. Uh, And
1: do you think that is more powerful than advertising?
0: I think in that case it is. I think there's, as we all know, there's lots of ways to win. It depends on what you want as a business owner. Um, There are plenty of successful business owners and I'll I'll go back to Wegmans. Um, That that family is, you know, wealth beyond, you know, what a lot of people will attain. And they're comfortable with that, um, with how they've grown. And, uh, and they don't believe that they have to be nationwide um, to have a, a, feel a sense of accomplishment. You'll see the same thing. And I'm in Los Angeles. You'll see the same thing out here with uh, In-N-Out Burger. Um, They could easily um, uh, take this thing nationwide and, and completely take on the other chains because they, they, um, out here, uh, there's a cult following there. there is, there are no fast food hamburger chains that are even in the conversation. Um, and, uh, no one dares to open up a, um, a Wendy's or a Burger King next to an In-N-Out because they, they just will not get any business. <laughs> so. No. And
1: she said the, uh, the, the new CEO who's been there, I think two years mm-hmm. Uh, she said that she's she's not considering an expansion. is not interested in it. Just wants to keep fine tuning and getting it right where they are.
0: Yeah, and uh, so I, I, you know, back to your question, Adam. Um, there are ways to win, and I and I think for um, I think there are ways to win where advertising is not part of the game plan, um, and rather it's it's customer experience. Um, and that's okay. Um, we're, uh, in the, in the world of business, you know, you're trying to mean something to a target customer and you're trying to create value for them. Um, and, uh, in turn, you're trying to uh, build a successful business. So, um, why not? Uh, if, if that's uh, going to get you to where you want to go, um, and, uh, in advertising, as we all know, um, the world has enough advertising right now. <laughs> <laughs> <Why not? laughs> so I actually would, would also explore ways where, um, you can, um, focus on building brand advocates, uh, because, um, the more of those you have, the less you need to spend on advertising.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. You just get one person to nudge the next person in line and get them moving over to your. Your brand.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, Adam, there's, there's a quote uh, that I, I think would be good to share here. And that's uh, by a Persian, ancient Persian philosopher, um, uh, Rumi, or some folks have probably read read some of his um, uh, poetry. But um, what you seek is seeking you. And I really mm. believe this uh, in, in, the, in the context of brand. Um, you have customers out there that are looking for a particular type of value that you create. They're looking for that. And you've created this value because it's part of who you are. And oftentimes, it's just this layer of awareness that is keeping you two apart. And that, of course, yep. is where the power of advertising does come in and is important. Um, but advocate. Advocates, as I said, can can be the messenger, but if you think through that lens that what you seek is seeking you, it kind of makes you think about, well, who do you want to be that's your the whole, target that's
1: customer? The whole if you can't decide on that, you don't know how to shape anything else. That's where all the decisions flow from.
0: That's right, and you know, I, I just just a, a note on our own business here. Um, Uh, Even a brand consultant can think about this and say, well, who do I want to work with? Well, it's those that appreciate um, our value. The brands that may be out there on an assignment to just check a box and um, a CMO that's just got to go through this process because um, that's in their job description and and yet they... they." um, may or may not, um, uh, uh, activate the work that we've done. Um, we don't want to work with those folks.
1: Right. You want people that are passionate about it for sure.
0: Yes, exactly. You know, we want to see yeah. it come to life, you know, yeah, so
1: you want to be fulfilled in the work you're doing. And so to do that, you need people that are on the other side of the table that are, Seeking the same type of fulfillment.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I do feel bad for a lot of client side marketers that that are um, you know on the job for less you know two years or less, and they're just constantly in, in, in this race. Uh, they're not they don't have an opportunity to slow down and and actually. Um, you know, think about things and they, they're, they're on the clock. So, yeah, I've uh, seen that you know, many times. yeah. So I, th- I think it's, um, you know, we, we're, 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 fortunate. We're able to find folks that, um, are actually trying to create value in the world and they want to do things the right way. Um, those are the folks that are out there seeking us and we're seeking them.
1: Yeah, I mean, what you seek is seeking you. Yes. I think that's a perfect place to leave it.
0: Yeah, great, Adam. Well, again, thank you for um, inviting me. And uh,
1: Are you kidding me? Thank you for making time. This is this is fantastic.
0: Well, great. Anytime, Adam.
1: Thanks. I really appreciate it. Where can people find you online?
0: <laughs> well, there's a couple places. Um, there's BrandingStrategyInsider.com, uh, and then also uh, the. Blake project.com. And of course you can easily find me at Derek day on Twitter or LinkedIn and, uh, or Facebook. Um, I, I would be, um, very happy to, to connect with you there. Day with an E. Yes. Day with an E.
1: Well, we'll link to all those places for sure. But thanks again. I, I really uh, enjoyed this talk.
0: Same, same with me, Adam. Thank you.
1: Your feedback means everything. Send us a tweet at APierno or at strategy underscore inside leave us a review on itunes or whatever platform you're listening to and please 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 share this podcast with your friends let people know you like it and send people you want to be guests our way we would love to hear more the strategy inside everything is produced and hosted by adam pierno for information about the show, or to find out how to be a guest, you can go to adampierno.com slash podcast. For information about Adam's books, Under Think It and Specific, or to find out how to invite Adam to be a speaker at an upcoming event, please go to AdamPierno.com slash speaker. Thanks for listening.